Hey there, welcome here to Becoming Rooted, where we hope that you find a conversation that is fun, lighthearted, and welcoming, but also encourages you to learn alongside us what it means to become rooted in Christ. Because friends, that is a process that is never over. I'm Amy. And I'm Jerome. And this is Becoming Rooted. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to our next episode of Becoming Rooted. Hello. Today we have with us Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Can you say hi? Hello. <laughs> Kelly Bowen. Um, Kelly works with us in the youth department, and she does all things music. And so we're excited to talk with her today. Um, we're going to talk about transition. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about trivia. Um, so um, we're excited for you and to join us this morning. And we're going to talk about Jesus. And we're going to talk about Jesus. Yep. So um, Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Short and sweet. Anything our listeners can connect with. I'm not that exciting. Um, Lies. <laughs> Okay. I don't view she wants. I don't view Kelly that way. But okay, go ahead, Kelly. I am 34 years old. Um, originally from Connecticut, although I spent the last seven years in the middle of Pennsylvania. I uh, I have a music education degree from Baldwin Wallace College. Baldwin Wallace is that? Every time I hear that, it's like a. Is it like a fancy school? It's it's not that fancy. Although, I, don't, I guess I don't really know what fancy means. Other than, like, Harvard. Right now, it's actually a university. But technically, I graduated from the Baldwin-Wallace College Conservatory of Music. So, very fancy. That sounds fancy, fancy. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Um, continue. uh, I'm just me, so there's no one attached to me right now. So, that's that's the boring part. (laughs) (laughs) Which made it easier for for her to move down here to us. (laughs) So, um, And do you have any pets? No pets. If you could get a pet, what pet would it be? If I could get a pet, I'd get a dog, not a big one, not a minuscule one, but somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so like a lab, or is that too big? Uh, labs are the cutest, so I'd probably go for a lab. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite things about Kelly is that she has very strong opinions about food. <laughs> so all the time in the office, I'm like, Kelly, would you eat this? And... We've had lots of conversations. So one of the fun facts I learned about Kelly is she likes peanut butter and she likes jelly, but she doesn't like peanut butter and jelly (laughs) together. What was another fun fact we learned about you with food? Let's just try this out. We did learn that she likes some things potatoes, but not all things potatoes. Not mashed potatoes. Really just fried potatoes. Yeah. Fried potatoes are good. She likes to eat sandwiches with bologna. She likes bologna. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I like bologna and salami and hot, and hot dogs I like hot dogs I'm with you on that one but boiled blech the most boring don't, way to make it don't hate on boiled hot dogs I am they, hating on boiled hot dogs they still taste fine it's you just have to have some char for me like let me I cook mean, this on a fire and have some burnt pieces yeah, ideally there's burnt pieces but beggars can't be choosers yeah. <laughs> and when you're a child you're always a beggar that's, That's right. That is very true. <laughs> all You're at the mercy. <laughs> We're not all privileged to have grilled hot dogs all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, so if you ever meet Kelly in person, ask her about her food preferences. It makes for a very interesting conversation. <laughs> um, okay, 
So another thing that we've learned about Kelly is that she's very good at random trivia. And we never know what she knows. <laughs> except that we assume she knows it. <laughs> so, Especially when it comes to things like Disney. Yeah. So I did. Pr- I have some Disney trivia All that right. we're going to go through. And then I have some harder trivia to okay. see just randomly what you know. All right. Cool. Here we go. What year did Disneyland open? 1955. Oh, dang. <laughs> what is the name of Wendy's dog in Peter Pan? Mana. Yep. Who trained Hercules to be a hero? Ooh, I know that one. Okay, well, this isn't for you. Oh. <laughs> Phil. Phil? Philoctetes. Yes. Okay. Yes. What is the name of the toy store in Toy Story 2? Al's Toy Barn. Correct. How many brothers does Prince Hans of the Southern Isles have in Frozen? Eight. Twelve. Twelve is the correct answer. We should do you two against each other. Okay. What Full House character voices Aladdin? Steve. Yes. See? What? I know. What is the name of Andy's neighbor in Toy Story? Wait a second. Can we go back? (laughs) (laughs) The person who voices Aladdin is also on Full House? Yep. Steve. Who's Steve? Mm -hmm. Uh, DJ's boyfriend. Oh. That's Aladdin? Okay. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I never knew that. Mind blown emoji for Jerome right now. <laughs> he was wondering. Okay. Uh, the name of Andy's neighbor in Toy Story. Sid. Correct. What land is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad located in? Frontierland. Yes. What in the world at is that? Disney. It's at Disneyland. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, it's, Disneyland is split up into four different lands. Lands. I think it's four. It, it's probably more than four. I know Disney World has more, but. Okay. Yeah, I trust your answer more than mine. <laughs> so whatever she said is right. All right. Um, what are the names of Cinderella's stepsisters? Anastasia and Drizella. Mm-hmm. What's the name of Ariel and Prince Eric's daughter? Melody. Yes. <laughs> Princess Melody. Which Disney princess sings Once Upon a Dream? Aurora. Aurora, Sleeping Beauty. What are the names of Hades' minions in Hercules? Mm. Pain and Panic. Correct. Wow. What were the first words Mickey Mouse ever spoke? Hot dog. Mm -hmm. Hot dog. I knew that one. What does Hakuna Matata mean? No No worries. worries. Sing it. Hakuna Matata. That's as much as you're gonna get. (laughs) Uh, You gotta sing the It Means No Worries, that part. For the rest of your days. You don't need me to sing it, you just sing it. It's more fun when you guys sing it. Okay. What is the name of the castle in Shanghai Disneyland Park? Never heard of it. It's the Disney, Uh, Disney World in Shanghai. I don't know. Is it Sleeping Beauty's Castle? It is not. Okay, we got her. What is it? The Enchanted Storybook Castle. Oh, that was never going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Name the seven dwarves in Snow White. All right. We got Dopey, Doc, Happy, Grumpy, Sleepy, Sneezy, Bashful. Nice. You got it. Okay, last one. I have to pick the right one. Okay, we'll just do this one. The sorcerer's name in Phanastasia spells what backwards? In Disney. what? Did you say Phanastasia? <laughs> she did. <laughs> I was, was trying, trying to, this, I was trying to answer fast. 
Fantasia? Anastasia? Wow. Yeah. Fantasia. I know it. See, that's a trick question because I didn't know which movie you were talking about. <laughs> Sorry. The sorcerer's name in Fantasia spells what backwards? Yin- Disney. Because his name is Yinsid. Yinsid. It's Disney. Yes. Okay. Let's go. So you only knew one out of. She only didn't know. Yeah. You only did not get. <laughs> wow. One out of 17. Wow. That's really that's impressive. A, that's very impressive. Okay. Good Random job. trivia. All right. Um, who Wait. painted the Mona Lisa? Leonardo da Vinci? Yes. Oh, good. How many time zones are there in Russia? Six. Seven. Must, must be wrong because she looked at me. <laughs> no, 11. Ooh. Okay. I used to know that. Uh. What is your body's largest organ? The skin. The skin. Correct. Which country invented tea? China. Correct. How many times was Elizabeth Taylor married? Seven. So close. Eight. Eight times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. <laughs> How many bones do sharks have? One. One thousand. <laughs> <laughs> None is the answer. No bones that was close. in a shark. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also don't know about the... This is a BuzzFeed article, so... Oh. They just have teeth and muscles? I guess. I find that. More weird. research to be done. Who was the first woman to win a Nobel Peace Prize? Mary Curie. That is correct. A peace Prize? <laughs> Nobel oh, yeah. Prize. Oh, okay. See? See? You just questioned it. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> read it right. I was like, surely it's just a Nobel Peace Prize. It is Nobel Prize. Okay. I would have gotten that, but... <laughs> <laughs> this I is how assumed, smart Kelly is. I just assumed that was what you meant. Yeah. Okay. Last one. How many oceans are there on Earth? Seven. Nope. Five. 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 Sure, seven, seven continents, continents. <laughs> and five oceans. She got you with the fifth grader one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We got to get you one that you end on well. What country could you find the Leaning Tower of Pisa in? Italy. Italy is correct. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. What color is chlorophyll? Green. Yay. Okay. Good job. The best color. <laughs> Is that your favorite? Yes. I didn't know that. Green. Like dark green, lime green. Dark green. Dark green. Well, you came to the right place because we got a lot of evergreen trees in Ohio. So, um, At least there are trees here. Yes. Are there not trees there? Well, you know how we all have bad opinions of Ohio if we've never lived here? So. <laughs> I don't know these things. No. 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 <laughs> So if you if you ask anybody out east, Ohio is flat cornfields. Yes, that's, that's it. I don't disagree. Well, that's what I, when I think of that, I think of like Kansas. Yeah, I feel like Ohio's fairly hilly in certain areas. But yeah, it definitely doesn't have mountains. And I would agree there are a lot of cornfields, but I think that there are cornfields and then city. I mean, it's not like hours and hours and hours of cornfields yeah i don't know i was i was grateful to see hills when i came <laughs> to cincinnati yeah were there any other things that surprised you about ohio when you got here um or since you've been here not as much since i i did go to college in cleveland but um 
I mean, it did surprise me how much I like it here. <laughs> I guess that was a surprise. <laughs> Is that because of the people that you work with? Yes, the people that I work with are fantastic. Good they're, not holding, they're not holding a knife to my back right now. <laughs> Making her do this. When I asked Kelly to be on the podcast, she was like, the look of fear on her face <laughs> <laughs> was very evident. And then we talked her into it. But you're here, so we appreciate you coming on and sharing your time yes. with us. Yes, we do. So first question that we prepared you for was, um, what are some things that you like to do in your free time? So I spend most of my free time reading. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I, when I drag myself away from that, I like, to, I like to go on walks. I like to do puzzles and play games and watch Disney movies. <laughs> you might have realized that. Is there a specific uh, genre of books that is your favorite? Well, I, li- I like some classics, like Jane Austen is my favorite writer. Mm-hmm. Jane Eyre is my favorite book. Recently, I like books, and it's, it's hard to describe, but they take place in multiple time zones, and you learn information at different times, and then mm. everything makes sense in the end. Mm-hmm. So that specific genre. Mm. What's it called? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. Mm. And by time zone, you mean like... I it's meant, not the same year. Yeah, I meant time period, but gotcha. I said time zone. Gotcha. So like history, present day, future kind of thing, or just even different times in history? Well, usually, yeah, a lot of times there'll be like a person in present day and then maybe someone in like World War II era. Mm-hmm. And t- sometimes there's even like more than two time zones and the person... Time period. <laughs> he got me on time zones with this Russian question. And, uh, like, the the person, sometimes, like, the, the person in the modern day, like, finds a journal or something like mm-hmm. that or is trying to solve, like, a family mystery. Mm-hmm. And the stories usually intertwine and yeah. end up solving some sort of mystery. Yeah. I read a lot of historical fiction, and I think that they're structured. A lot of times they're structured that way. So it's kind That's of cool. a mystery. It would kind of be... In the mystery category. Yes, but I don't like to say I like mysteries because usually they involve murder, and I'm not Mm. a big murder one. Mm. Mm. Well, you mentioned Jane Austen as an author. Is there any authors that you would recommend for nowadays? Yes. (laughs) Uh, The the one, an author who who really does this multiple time period things uh, is is Kate Morton. Some of her books are very good. So, Mm -hmm. Have you read Kristen Hanna at all? I've read at least one of her books. Yeah. I've read a few of hers, and I and I thought she was a great author. Yeah. The one I read, I didn't, it wasn't the best, but it didn't prevent me from reading it three times. So <laughs> <laughs> I reread my books. I was going to ask that yeah. question. Do you, that's something that you typically do? Yes. Mm-hmm. I figure I pay for them. I might as well just keep reading them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To pick up more details, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm similar. I also because of the way my life is with children and just busyness being in the car often I listen to a lot of audiobooks and so then I find myself wanting the book in hand after I've listened to it so I can go back and see details but yeah usually if I like I'll finish a book and then I will go and like skim through it to see all of the like hints that were in there at mm-hmm. different points that I missed and mm-hmm. things like that and then I'll be like well why don't I just read it again <laughs> and see what I get this time mm-hmm. yeah have you read the secret life of Addie LaRue never heard of it okay yeah that was one that one of our camp staff recommended to me actually and it it 
it's an it, it's interesting. I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are on it, so you should look into it and see. All right, I, I will put it on my list. <laughs> okay, and sounds we will good. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so you said Jane Eyre is your favorite book. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that book? Is the reason why that's your favorite? I think part of it is because when I read it, I was I was twelve, and it was like the first old classic that I really understood and got into. I like that it's written in the first person that you see inside of Jane's head that mm-hmm. uh, you you see her realize that she is a worthy person and she doesn't really need other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also like books that have a little bit of sarcasm in them. That's why <laughs> that's why I really love Jane Austen, and mm-hmm. you get a lot of that in Jane Eyre too. Yeah, cool. Do you like the movie? Not so much. Oh, like I watch, but yeah. It doesn't translate. Yeah, there are some things, especially books that are in the first person, that it's just so hard to make them into movies. Because mm-hmm. there's so much like thought and stuff that you get in the book yep. that is hard to convey in the yeah, but the movie. They did. They made a musical out of it, and I haven't seen it. But the soundtrack, it, there are certain things where because you know you can sing out your feelings in a in a musical. Mm-hmm. I think that works really well. Mm-hmm. Interesting thought. Do you find that, do you read books before you watch a movie, or do you watch a movie, then read the book? If it's a, if it's a book I've read before, I will reread the book before I go to see a movie, but, but usually, like, if I were, I would rather just go blind into the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find I'm disappointed often if I've read a book and then watch the movie. It's mm-hmm. because I love the, kind of like what you were describing the insight into the characters that you get in a book because you've heard their thoughts or experienced something with them that movies are hard to see. So I'm with you. So then reading the Bible, who would you say is your favorite character when you read the Bible and why? So my favorite character and my favorite book of the Bible is Jonah. Mm. Um, Hmm. It's because, like, when I was a kid, I just thought, you know, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because they were going to, like, kill him and put his head on a pike. <laughs> but then you, you read it as an adult, you get past the whale thing, and you realize that he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he thought that everyone needed to die there. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't want to be the one who got them saved. Yeah. And so, like, it, it just makes me think, like, it, it's just, it sounds so absurd, but, like... That that selfishness is definitely inside of all of us. Yeah. So yeah. I like I like rereading it every once in a while and thinking like, would I do this? Like, would I feel? Do I ever stop myself from helping people because I think that they deserve punishment? And mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about how the book ends? It's it's so abrupt and <laughs> yeah. Like I like I feel like there's another chapter out there somewhere that we just need to search for the last chapter of Jonah. <laughs> I don't like that unsettled feeling. Mm. I want to know what happens, so I struggle with the ending of Jonah. Sometimes, uh, like I think about it, because um, first of all, the the plant growing up and mm-hmm. and then God just taking it away, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But like Jonah's reaction that he just wants to die because these other people got saved, it, mm-hmm. it's again, it just seems so absurd. But I think the way it ends, talking about the the people and the animals who don't know what they're doing 
Um, I, I think it actually, it kind of works as an ending because then it just makes you think, like, there are people who don't know their right from their left, essentially, and they don't know their right from their wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God is sending us to, to help them. Yeah. See that? Yeah. I think that Jonah also has some of what you were saying about Jane Eyre in the sense of you get to see his prayer to the Lord. So you see a little bit of what he's thinking and feeling. And then also, I do think some of it's sarcastic. Sarcastic might be a stretch. Dramatic, for sure. He's very dramatic in, like, the whole plant thing. Also, I mean, just the fact that God said, go this way, and he went the complete opposite (laughs) direction. I don't know. I'm good at doing that. I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's probably so many areas where we're just willing to not go and we're willing to run in the opposite direction to avoid doing it. What, yeah. what we're being asked to do. Yeah. And then you just add in the fact that the whale vomited in a mouth. There's a lot of imagery in that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we hinted a little bit at her move here to Ohio. You moved in July, which was about six months ago. Um, and transition is something We've all experienced, whether it be a big transition or small transition, but uh, I just think you probably have a lot of wisdom in how you've been able to stay rooted during this season or um, just transition in general and what that's looked like for you in the past few months. So can you speak to that? I can speak to that. Um, First of all, if anyone listening is going to move somewhere, make sure that you've got the Swinecki Youth Department with you because (laughs) they will take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been been really nice having this department um, because it's not just like we work together. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think it's just that we work (laughs) together. It's it's that... you know, people ask me how I'm doing and actually really care about it. If mm-hmm. I give like a one word answer, then they will ask, ask more me, questions. <laughs> ask more questions until I tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've I've been to people's houses, which is mm-hmm. which is something nice. Um, one of one of the things about moving places, and it's something I found here, and it's something I found when I moved to Pennsylvania is uh, if someone asks you to do something, like if someone asks you to come over, if someone asks you to you know, come to the core for a program, just say yes to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that community, like you might, you might not like it, and then you can just never go again. But sometimes <laughs> you'll find something special just because you showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it can get a little tough when you're, when you're isolated, when you're farther away. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of important. Yeah, sometimes... In those transition times, you just have to put yourself out there and be willing to try something different or meet up with people that you don't know very well. Because you know relationships don't just come out of nowhere. You have to; they have to be built, and anything that's built has to start from nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm not naturally the most social person, so. Um, that's that. That's again why I say accepting invitations. Not like I would never invite myself, but mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 good to have like especially the Salvation Army community and knowing mm-hmm. that I'm welcome places and yeah. it, it helps. Yeah, it helps when you have people like Amy and Captain Willow who will invite you to everything because <laughs> <laughs> they are like super hosts. Mm-hmm. Aw, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, in, for anybody listening who's not Salvation Army, um, 
knowledgeable or understanding the term. She said core programming, which is like church programming. So, um, yeah, so jumping into just church things that you're invited to or um, that's really good wisdom, Kelly, because I think I err on the side of I'm uncomfortable already. So going somewhere new and uncomfortable doesn't always come naturally. I just want to hide in my house where I've at least created some sort of safe space for myself. And so that can be really hard in transition. Um, Have you, sorry. I was just going to say, I I think there's a reason why we call it social skills because there are things that you develop. And I think when you're in a certain place for so long and then you go and transition into a new place, like those are skills that you may not have practiced in a long time, like meeting new people and striking up conversation with people that you don't know and having to develop new friendships and relationships. And um, that can be complicated if you haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. And you've moved a couple times in your life mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm sure. And you moved as a young child, right? Is that yes, uh, true? Oh, yeah. That's an, another aspect of my history. I forgot. I am exciting. <laughs> That's right. See? <laughs> Told y'all. Uh, when, I was, when I was five, uh, my family moved to Hong Kong for two years. So I started my schooling in Hong Kong. So uh, for a little shy kid, that was, that was kind of difficult at first. But I think, I mean, it helped me uh, in the long run to be able yeah. to make these transitions. And then... Um, even when I went to college, I said I went in Cleveland, which is about eight and a half hours from where I grew up. Yeah. So going to college and not knowing anybody, I had to make mm-hmm. those transitions. And I got to say, I did a lot better now than I did <laughs> back then. <laughs> yeah. And being a picky eater. Wait, what did I say? She's a particular <laughs> eater. Particular. <laughs> she has things she likes and doesn't like, which some of you might say is picky. I feel like you like a lot of things. You just have, like... Like peanut butter and jelly, there's not together kind of a thing, you know. You like both of those things. You're just particular about how you eat them. So I'm sure changing to different schools was interesting. Did you like food in Hong Kong? So I, I liked some food. Uh, fun story, my mother, who is pickier than I am, was <laughs> struggling very, very hard without Heinz ketchup until we finally <laughs> found an American store. But we went to school on the first day, and they have school lunches, so we go down, and the only way to describe it is there's gray chicken and rice, and they had that every single day. (laughs) So we learned to bring our food to school. To school. I remember a strange dressing that they used to have, which I think I found the closest that I found in America was Thousand Island. Did you have that? I know I was in Qingdao, which is much further north and not like America because we're not Americanized, but Hong Kong was under British rule for a while. So they probably had differences, I would imagine. Well, I'm, I'm not a, a sauce connoisseur, but um, <laughs> I can tell you about ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> which is one that I don't like, which is abnormal. I just don't love ketchup. I'll have it on my hamburger when I order it from like a fast food restaurant, but other than that, I don't really use ketchup. <laughs> okay, do you do you speak Mandarin? Um, so in in Hong Kong, they uh, they speak Cantonese. Oh, and um, 
I went to classes once a week or so, maybe a couple times a week, and I learned a few words. <laughs> I forgot them all because I never used it. Yeah. That was a long time ago. So anything else that you would say in a season of transition for staying rooted? So saying yes to events or things to build community. Is there anything else you would add to that? I, I might not have done everything right that I'm about to say, but another thing like is your routines and stuff. So, mm -hmm. for instance, like I had my, my perfect walking spot where I would go around all the time and a few times a week walk around and then, you know, I moved and didn't have the same sort of thing. And I like I've I've noticed that like not having the routines I used to, whether it's like a physical routine or like a mental place where I would go, mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of it would have been probably better if I'd started looking into things right away. Mm. Um, and uh, I also probably should have unpacked sooner. But <laughs> as of Saturday, all of my boxes are empty. So. Hey, six months later. Six months. Celebration. <laughs> well, we have been in our house for over a year. We still have boxes in the garage. So we do still have boxes. Don't feel bad. I mean, mm. some, of, some of the contents of the boxes are just on the floor, but they're empty. <laughs> You can see them, and we'll put them away. That's right. We've been planning a garage sale yeah. since before we moved in, and we still haven't had it. So we're we finally closer. That we're getting rid of that yeah. we haven't gotten rid of. It is hard. I think if I added anything, it would just be that I think I fight transition a lot when it's a season for me. And instead of learning what I needed to or even – like looking to the Lord at all, I would just feel like my heart was just so unsettled that I could never learn in those seasons. And I regret that looking back at some of my transition times. Um, it was more of like a, I don't know what's going on. I can't figure out life kind of a like wine. I feel like if I look back and just seeing, um, how God used that transition to show me something new and something different. And I wasn't willing or ready to see it at the time. And I kind of regret that. Anyways, so music is something that I think defines who you are um, in a lot of ways. So tell us about how um, music has been a part of your life and how that is connected to your growth in the Lord. So, yeah, uh, music has, has always been a part of my life. Uh, my my parents are Salvation Army musicians, so they, they play in the band. And my mom, actually, is a really, really good singer. Mm -hmm. So um, there's always music in the car when we were driving places. And, like, all the cool kids, a lot of times it was band music. So... <laughs> That was her sarcasm. <laughs> it is, it's so good, though. So I always, band, you mean br like brass brass band, band music, mm. Salvation Army band music. So, um, so it was like I always knew I wanted to play a band instrument, and then um, so I went to camp when I was eight, music camp, and uh, played an instrument for the first time. But that that wasn't so important. But we sang. Um, the whole camp together saying to God be the glory, like this mm -hmm. upbeat, fun tempo thing. So fast forward, I'm in church, not paying attention to the sermon. And uh, <laughs> again, I like to read. So this comes in, in handy. And um, 
looking through the songbook, not paying attention again, and I see the words did to God be the glory, and I'm like, wait, this is a real thing. So I started like looking through the songbook to see all of the all of the different songs I knew. And then um so then I, I started playing my instrument more. It would go to junior band and we'd have these these uh these these uh these pieces we would play and they wouldn't say like we're gonna play holy, 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 it would say Nicaea or something, or Stephanos. And so, again, in church, not paying attention to the sermon, <laughs> I would go through the songbook and, like, see which tunes had which lyrics. Mm. So I, I started, like, I, I didn't know it then, but I started, like, internalizing what the words were. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, they, you, you've probably said this to people, like, uh, we're going to play our instruments, we're going to give our glory to God, and hopefully get a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I can say that nine, ten-year-old me was not, you know, getting these blessings through music. But uh, this, this uh, when I was 14, so I was, I was at Star Lake Music Camp, and it was the finale concert, and the, the top band, the Star Lake band, was going to play a piece called The Holy War. And it's based on the um, the allegory, the Holy War. And I didn't look up who wrote it, but I know it <laughs> somewhere in my head. And it tells the story of this town. And uh, essentially evil comes into this town little by little. And you can, like, they, they sort of start falling apart. And then, um, I don't know how it works in the in the book, but in, <laughs> in the music you hear, a mighty fortress is our God. And then, you know, the town gets stronger and stronger. So I'm sitting... In, in my band formation and not the top band and uh, listening to this after they told the story and like I don't know what else was going on around me but I was inside of that town <laughs> and I could feel my life falling apart right then <laughs> and then I heard the mighty fortress is our, is, is our God and like I, that was my first time ever really having a moment with music and just like realizing um how you can how you can feel god through music mm-hmm. and um like after that i just really wanted to like i wanted to do that for other people like wow mm-hmm. like this is this is amazing like i i like i it changed my life then mm-hmm. and what's what's really fun is i used to tell that story to people and they had no memory of that performance <laughs> like, like the fact that people were there and i just assumed like everyone in the room would feel this absolutely mm-hmm. like life-changing thing and Mm. so sometimes you know sort of chasing that high trying to find that uh Mm. piece that does that but it it kind of makes me still makes me think more like if i play something like you know who who might this music be touching Mm. like it's not necessarily going to touch me every single time but Mm. like sometimes i just you just feel through music and i didn't need the words there i Mm I didn't, I mean, I only knew, like, two lines to A Mighty Fortress mm-hmm. is Our God, but it, it was just through the music, yeah, and now, since, a lot of times through the lyrics, because I, I do listen to sermons, but sometimes I, I listen more, and I get more out of the words to the songs that yeah. we sing. Yeah, I think that b- both are important, which is what you're saying, but I think there's emotion connected to music that can be extremely powerful, and designed by God, you know, to, to speak to our hearts. Um, and I think that's the worship, you know, the worship is important in telling God who he is and just being in his presence and man, music can usher that in Mm. like, 
But I think that's that's also like the beauty of art as worship, because art uh, can be so uh, abstract or just like people interpret it in different ways. Yeah. Um, so I think art as worship can be so powerful because different people can connect, um, connect with it in different ways and. Um, so it could be like a physical art piece that somebody painted and somebody could see it and like have like a wave of emotion um, or like your experience with the song or, you know, somebody watching somebody dance where they're putting, you know, all their emotions into it. And, you know, somebody in the audience just like connects with those emotions and feelings that they're seeing and dance. And I just I just think it's really awesome how you know, God can use those different art forms um, to connect with with people in a powerful way. And it's so personal. I think that's it. It goes back to that. I know I've said that before on this podcast, but I I haven't had that moment with a brass band where I sit and think, man, God is speaking to me right here in this moment. I've had it in another instance, you know, but how he used that to speak to your heart and now how you're living that out and using those skills to, um, build that in other people who also connect similarly. And I think that that's just an amazing part of who God has created us to be. And that he thought of all those things, you know, in the hundreds and thousands of different people, millions, uh, millions of people that he's, he has created. Billions. Billions. Trillions. Again, numbers aren't my thing, but (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I just, it's just so incredible to think about how vast the mind of God is. Think on that for a while, everybody. (laughs) No. Um, Routines-wise, in your, like, scripture reading, prayer, um, is there some things that you have found to work for you that you have um, created routines around, or what does that look like? For me, right now, it's not very uh, consistent. (laughs) I will throw that out there. Um, But what what I've found has been the best for me is if I'm reading the Bible and I'm making notes. So um, just writing stuff down makes me pay more attention, first of all, to what I'm reading and um, really to think about what God wants me to get through it. And is this like notes in your, like in your Bible or do you journal or if I, so for that, it would be um, journaling. Um, I've got, a stack of <laughs> a stack of journals that just have my notes on what I what I've gotten out of different Bible passages. Um, I do try and write um, notes in a in a journaling Bible when I remember mm-hmm. to bring that specific Bible <laughs> to church. <laughs> but if you open it up, there are many many blank pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, keeping it in a journal seems less scary. I write in my Bible, but. I used to write scribbles in my Bible as a young kid, and as I've grown up, I feel like it has to be more perfect. I don't know if that's the same for you guys. But, yeah. I don't typically write in my Bible because I'm a journaler, so I like I have a journal that I take with yeah. my Bible everywhere. Everywhere. That, that sounds wise. <laughs> Drum is very wise. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what does prayer look like for you? So usually prayer is me talking to God about what I'm thinking at any given moment. Um, I have this habit. I have it with people where I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't really need help or, you know, I've put myself in this situation, so I probably should get myself out of this situation. 
So recently I've been trying to stop myself from thinking about that with God because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't really pray for this because I, I kind of did this to myself mm. or um, like I don't know if I should ask for this specific thing. So, re- yeah, recently I've been trying to, if I think of something, just to pray. Mm. If, I'm, if I'm struggling with something, to pray right then so um, I'm still working on that but I, it, it does work a lot better first of all because I'm not like waiting until a specific time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah trying to remember what happened throughout the day mm-hmm. instead just just doing it yeah. yeah in that moment do you write down prayers too I do um, otherwise it just turns into me just rambling on about <laughs> something but I do I do like to write them down mm-hmm. do you write in general I used to write a lot. Uh, if you asked me when I was eight what I was going to be when I grew up, it would be a writer. Hmm. So uh, I used to write a lot of stories in high school. Um, not murder mysteries. Not murder mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was probably murdering them. There's a lot of um, they're ridiculous stories. I wrote, like, tons and tons of stories for my friends just about, like, inside jokes or things like that. Hmm. But um, it's fun. Yeah, one of the reasons I don't write is because, you know, I like I like stories, but I can't write dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I would have to find, a, like, a different way to tell things. Mm-hmm. And I never I never quite figured that out. So mm-hmm. guess I have to do music. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Tell stories through music. <laughs> yes. Uh, but writing prayers, writing what you're learning scripture-wise is helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Do you use any apps or any kind of... Um, something you have on your phone or is it strictly just bible journal just just bible journal i i, I just like writing with my hands like yeah. just having it right there seeing seeing my handwriting uh, it just feels better that way yeah. yeah i i think i prefer that i prefer a tangible bible yeah and a, something i yeah. can write with but i have realized that i have my phone with me everywhere yeah. so sometimes having that access is valuable too. <laughs> if I'm if I'm typing, like a lot of times, I feel like I want things to be like written down right. I don't want things misspelled. And if I'm if I'm going quickly, like on my phone or my computer, then I'll just keep going back and fixing things. And I think it takes me out of yeah. takes me out of what I'm doing. Whereas if I'm writing mm-hmm. by hand, it can be a complete mess. Mm-hmm. But I know what I'm writing, and I can do it quickly. Yeah. Okay. What about hearing the voice of God? Is that something that you hear audibly? What does it sound like for you? It's definitely not audible. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't hear a specific voice. I don't hear him saying, do this. But instead, I, I, can, see, I can see him, like, pushing me in directions. Mm. Like, um, for instance... This this being the DMD here mm-hmm. in uh, which stands for a divisional this, music director. This, <laughs> this job, like I was not mm-hmm. going to come here, and I was not going to take this job. Otherwise, I would have you know I would have applied nine months sooner than mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. But I, I I could see God was telling me no uh, for for other things. Like in the in the timing, there was no Kelly. You need to go here. There was nothing like that. It was more of a, uh, it's hard to explain. It's very hard to explain, which is why we do this. I feel like people don't have these conversations Mm -hmm. because it's hard, but. Yeah, it's it's just like, you know, 
that the door was open and just like sort of this pushing me to that door through mm -hmm. the other circumstances and, and would you say it was like things like other opportunities were kind of closing and so it was almost like an like an ushering like as you were drifting in a, a narrowing direction. of the yeah. direction yeah. <laughs> yeah other like other opportunities were closing or else just not even opening and i was just trying to like ignore the wide open <laughs> door <laughs> that was right there the whole time mm -hmm. but yeah so a lot of a lot of prayer about like is this the right thing um mm. There's a there's a song. It's in the Salvation Army songbook, uh, <laughs> but it's called it's called on um, the songbook. It's called Lord, if Your Presence, and it's just it's about like it's talking some of the words from Exodus and Deuteronomy. Just if you like God, if you don't go with me, then don't make me go. Mm -hmm. And so like every time I've like made these transitions, that song I've just been like singing it and going through the words over and over mm -hmm. and over, like. I don't know. For me, sometimes, like, if I make a decision and it's the right one, it's just clear. Mm -hmm. And if I make the wrong one, it's... Also clear. It's not <laughs> so... Uh, it's, yeah, it's clear that it was wrong. <laughs> oh, um, okay, well, I think that's all the questions, really, that we asked. Drum, did you have anything? No, just we've talked a lot about uh, transition um, if there was one thing that you could share with somebody who is in a season of transition, what would it be? Like if you could leave them with one thing, um, even if it's something that you could talk that we've already talked about, uh, just is there one thing that um, you would have them take away? I think it's important to know, and it's important for me and probably other people, that people like you. And um, if you're going to a new place and there's new people, they probably still like you mm -hmm. <laughs> or they will like you when they get to, to meet you. So just, just remember that like other people, like they, they want you to succeed too. So you're not ever really on your own. You don't have to be on your own. Uh, just, you know, find, find people or get to know the ones that you, that you meet there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be good. bold. <laughs> yep. Okay. Thanks, Kelly, for being here, for doing this, even though you were terrified. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and until next time. All right, friends, that is all for us today. Hope that you found something worth a laugh, maybe something that was encouraging, or even better yet, something worth changing and applying in your life. And if you'd like to stay connected with us and what we're doing, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Swaneki Youth. Also, make sure to like and follow us on our Swaneki Youth Facebook page. Until next time, keep digging deeper as you embrace the process of becoming rooted.